on, come on. No. Yes. We turn that down just a hair, maybe. No, yes. Cool. Good. Um Beauty is, true beauty is empirically recognizable. Every one of you recognizes true beauty. You, you can't miss it when you see it or hear it or touch it or feel it or, or you're around it. We're built, we're wired to enjoy, we're wired to be attracted to, be drawn to, be pulled in by beauty. You know, I, I picked the, 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 the visual piece of that and the, and the music to lay over the top of it because it was one of, the, one of the things that moved me. But I thought, you know, this may cross some boundaries here as far as beauty when we look at it, when we see it, when we hear it. But that's what drives us as people. It's built into us. It's, it's wired into us. We're drawn to beauty. In life, we're looking for that. We're grasping for that. We're trying to go after that. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a believer or a non-believer. There's a, an earth full of people that are looking for life. They're looking for experiences that fill and satisfy their soul. That don't end. That don't cut off like the video kind of, you kind of just died off and it leaves you just kind of hanging, just burning and wanting more. You want more of what you see. You want more of what you hear. And you're left in this place of feeling a little bit empty. Um, about eight years ago, uh, Beth and I, we're planning a vacation. I'd been on these uh, vacations where we kind of did a bunch of stuff. We went to Manhattan and, you know, you burned through the city, saw all the sites, went to San Francisco and did that. And I was kind of done with those vacations. I said, this vacation, I want it to be all about Derek. I'm going to make this one all about me and you. And it's just going to be, we're going to go to a location that's wonderful, that's beautiful, that we both love. And we're just going to, every day is going to be the same. We're not going to have any responsibilities. We're not going to have any, anything to do except be there. And I picked this place in the, in the um, Gulf of Mexico called St. George Island. It's um, kind of the northern panhandle. And it is beautiful. It's got white sand. It's got water like the Caribbean. Um, I grew up near there, so I, it, it reminded me of home. It was remote. And I just said, this is where we're going. I'm going to you know, plan my days out real simply. I'm going to get up about 10. This is before we had kids. And I'm going to head out to the beach, and about noon, I'm going to go get me something to eat. About one, I'm going to fix me a little umbrella drink. About three, I'm going to take me a little nap because I can't handle umbrella drinks. <laughs> about four, I'm going to shuck me some oysters because I love oysters, as you know. And about eight, I'm going to eat and going to cycle it all over again the next day. We surrounded ourselves with people we knew. We had some friends that stayed with us. And the place that we stayed was just... It was like right on the beach. I mean, when you, in, the, in the master bedroom, which is where I was, um, I would sit back and get, I'd get up in the morning and it was like the ocean was rolling up, rolling up into the bedroom. And it was just beautiful. It was everything that I wanted and I could have imagined. And uh, we were kind of getting near the end of the week and we had just gone out to eat at an awesome seafood restaurant. They had the best, I mean, it's just great seafood. It's in the Apalachicola Bay area where they, had, they do have the best, biggest oysters and we're riding over the bridge, coming back, and the sun is setting. I mean, it's just this beautiful, majestic scene. And Beth is looking at me, 
And she sees me thinking, you know, she sees my wheels turning. She's like, what's up? What, you know, what are you thinking about? I said, you don't want to know. I said, in this moment, you probably don't want to hear what I have to say. Because inside, I was feeling empty. Inside, I was just, for some reason, I couldn't figure it out. And I, I said, I said, I'm, I just don't, I said, I feel empty. I said, I've got everything I possibly could have wanted, everything I could have imagined for a vacation. It was all perfect. Everything was lined up. I mean, I had my days lined up. We'd gotten through it. We'd spent some great time with friends. Had some of the best food we could possibly have. Seen some. The weather was like Chamber of Commerce. It was unbelievable. It was like perfect. It was unbelievable. But yet I was left empty. And Beth's response was surprising to me. She said, I feel the same way. I feel empty. I don't know why. I don't know why in this moment I would feel empty. And we both kind of figured it was a God thing. But we didn't really, we couldn't put our, put our finger on it. We really didn't understand exactly what it was until many, many years later. And I was reminded of that this week. I was preparing this message and I didn't know what to do. I was thinking, okay, it's Easter. I've never spoken on Easter. It's Resurrection you know, Sunday. It's a big day. And I'm kind of scrambling thinking, you know, I've got to come up with something special. And... I'm flipping through all my stuff. I'm reading. I've read every account of the resurrection three times and trying to figure it out. And nothing was, it was nothing. It was like, ah, oh, yeah, everybody's done that. Everything's been done. I mean, in Scripture, everybody's preached. Every, I mean, you can't get too unique in what you preach. I mean, you can. You can get creative. But, I mean, it was just frustrating reading through Scripture. And God just said, just get out of the office and go somewhere and, and do something different. Because sitting there reading over that Scripture over and over again, I know you know it. So I went to Memorial Park and I sat there. It was a beautiful day. It was like 70 degrees and, and I started to read scripture again. And God's like, just, just shut up and put your stuff down, put your pen down, put your, put your headphones in and just experience me for a minute. Just, just sit in my presence. And it occurred to me as I was sitting there, I was just laying there and, and listening to God and experiencing his beauty and experiencing that moment there in Memorial Park. And... I just got captured by this piece of scripture, and it's in Luke 24, it's the walk to Emmaus, and I never, ever would have read this and gotten this from it, but in that moment, God was speaking to me so surely about it, and and I'll I'll kind of give you the scene um, of what's going on. The resurrection has happened. The death and resurrection has happened. Um, There's a buzz about Jerusalem. I mean, it is, everybody knows what's going on, and there's, there's two guys, probably two of the 72 that were sent out. Uh, one's name is Cleopas, the other one we don't know his name, and they're, they're, they're on their way to Emmaus. It's a few miles outside of Jerusalem, and they're met up by a visitor. It was Jesus, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't, they didn't notice who it was, and um, it's kind of a mysterious thing. It's like all the other disciples had had, or some people, some of the other disciples had had encounters with Jesus, and they didn't recognize him, and... Jesus asked them some questions, like, you know, what's going on? What are you guys discussing? They're like, where have you been, dude? Like, the biggest thing, the biggest news ever has just happened. You know, it's been on Fox News all day. It's on Hannity and Combs. They're arguing about it. Hannity's saying resurrection. Combs is saying conspiracy. I mean, where have you been? And they begin to have this conversation with Jesus. And he, and he pulls out the scriptures and begins to just talk to them about the prophecies and about the fulfillment of the prophecies and all about Jesus. And something was happening on the road to Emmaus. They were beginning to, to, to connect with him, but they didn't know, quite know why. They weren't sure what it was. And they come to this place in the road, and this is where I'm going to start in verse 28. Um, let me see here. 
And they, they were getting near Emmaus, and they drew near. And, and Jesus kind of was toying with them and saying, you know, I think I'm going to head on this way. And they're like, no, no, no. So they drew near the village to which they were going. And he acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. So he's, you know, they're like, you know, something, they're like, we've got to hang out with this dude. There's something special about him. And when he sat, and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. That's a key thing. Remember that breaking of the bread, because that's what we're, we're doing tonight. We're in a different way than we did last night. And he vanished from their sight, and they said to each other, Did our hearts not burn within us while they talked to each other on while we talked to him on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Their hearts burned. They knew it. They, it was like all of a sudden Jesus broke the bread, and all of a sudden they woke up to who he was. They realized who he was. And they're like, oh, I mean, we knew there was something about him. We knew there was a reason that we were burning. We knew there was a reason that was in our gut. And it's, it's the same burning that we have when we see God's creative power in, 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 in life, in the life that we're supposed to experience. We have this burning. We see it, but it's empty without him. It's empty when we, when we, when we try to experience the, the created thing, when we try to dive our, ourselves into that created thing, when we chase the created thing without knowledge, without recognizing who He is. And tonight, I want to break the bread because I think we do that too much. We walk through life thinking one of two things. Number one, that we can't experience this life without Him. We can get life to the full without Him. That we can... We can listen to great music, that we can have great friends, that we can have wonderful vacations, that we can get all the money that we can possibly get. We can put ourselves in a place of status. We can make ourselves famous, and that will be satisfying. And then there's the other camp that says, hey, I've been in church all my life. Everything that everybody's always told me is, you know, if, if, it's, if it's good, if you're drawn to it, if you're attracted to it, if you're being pulled in by it, then you better run from it. It's either, you know... These things that are in the world that we experience, life, you know, we better stay away from those things. We've got to get back to the business of following Jesus. And what I'm saying tonight is when, when the bread breaks, it's all different. It's all different. We can experience life. We can experience a wonderful sunset. We can experience wonderful food. We can experience you know, a great glass of wine paired with food. Anything like that. We can experience that. We can have that. We can have life to the full. But it's our perspective and the way that we look at it. We have to recognize our Savior. He came. He died. He was crucified. And He rose again so that we could have life to the full. So that when we watch something like that, when we experience something like that, it's not empty at the end of it. At the end of it, we can say, Oh my God what you have done look what you have created and then it goes from this temporal temporary moment to something eternal that satisfies the soul see I believe that if I went back and took that vacation with new eyes with the eyes after the bread's broken after I recognized Jesus that it would be completely different that as I woke up in the morning I would look outside and I would say oh my God look at what you have done look what you've created 
and my enjoyment would have been multiplied. And at the end of the day, at the end of that vacation, as I'm riding over that bridge, having had the most wonderful meal, I wouldn't have said I'm empty. I would say I'm full. And I'm not full of this scene. I love it because it reminds me of my Savior. It reminds me of where I came from and where I am now. And life becomes satisfying. Life becomes satisfying. I was trying to come up with a, a title for tonight or a, a, an idea. And, and I knew you know, what it was. It was kind of this personal thing for me. But I asked Beth, I said, what do you think? And she said, Jesus makes the steak taste better. And he does. It's so different now. My life is so different now in the way that I view the world. Because I ended up in, in both areas. I ended up chasing. I ended up trying to avoid everything in the world. Like, and I'm not, this is not a license to go dive into sin. I'm talking about the things that are good. The things that are right. The things that are good in this world. And there's so much that's good. You see in that video. I mean, it just, I, I get so drawn in by God's creative beauty and His power. Amidst the brokenness and the fallen pieces of this world. I mean, that video was just shot. You know, we, we get wrapped up in everything that's falling and broken around us. And we, we think that that's the life that we have to live in. That's the area that we have to live in. We have to kind of wander around kicking the can. But like Antley said, he came to give life today. To experience that today. To be blown away by God today. To look at it and say, oh my God. And not be left empty. Because it's all about glorifying Him. And that's the key. To enjoy life and make it eternal. It's when we eat food. And 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink, and if you were to extend it, it would be to, to watch a movie, to listen to music, to be in a relationship that's satisfying. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And that makes everything different. That changes everything. Makes every experience different. As you walk into those experiences, they're all new. They're all fresh. And they're all satisfying. We don't get left empty anymore. We know what it looks like when we chase it without God. I mean, watch E, e True Hollywood Story. These are people that are chasing beauty. They're chasing the dream. They're trying to make it on their own. Outside of God. And they go, and they go, and they go, and they go. And they're, they're the most empty, shallow, and hollow people. It was no different than, than I was on my vacation. James 1.17 says this, that every good gift, every, and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good thing. Throughout your day, everything that you experienced is good. If you want it to, to mean something and to last something, you thank your Father in heaven for it and you give him glory for it. And it'll be, it'll be eternal, it'll be satisfying in a way that you can't imagine. David knew it in Psalm 8. He says this How majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To steal your enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with, a glor with glory and honor. You have given him dominion of the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. 
all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of fish and, and of the sea. Whatever passes along the paths of the sea, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David knew what it was to glorify God in all things, to see something and react to it in the, in the proper heart of glorifying Him because he knew that was going to satisfy his soul. To, to shift from this place of looking at the created thing and saying, wow, that's pretty cool. That's amazing. And our, 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 our eyes begin to shift to see Jesus and say, oh my God, you're the creator of all of it, not just that, but everything. You're the one that gives me life and breath. And some of you are here tonight and you've, you're like, I don't notice anything because my life's a wreck. I've got just a, a stack of problems. You could put your problems in the street and I guarantee you I, I'd take them because I've got problems. And I've got a friend of mine who uh, about a year and a half ago, he just started having just random pain in his body. And he got tested. He had some just strange... Um, blood test results and they, they really didn't know what it was but his rheumatoid factor was up and he had rheumatoid arthritis in his family but they said yeah you don't have rheumatoid arthritis and then for a season they thought he had lupus and he's one of those guys and he's still undiagnosed to this day and he's got just extraordinary, lives with extraordinary pain and they don't know what it is they just know that his blood levels in all these areas are, are jacked up his gallbladder is completely useless they're getting ready to take that out his appendix are failing him they don't know what it is and he's an attorney, and he's very analytical and very intellectual. And he's a believer. And he's got this other group of friends that have, you know, that is what their, their job in life is, is to take science and philosophy and attack my friend with it. You know, they're friends, but that's their, you know, that's their daily lunch routine, is they're going to they're gonna talk about God and see if they can, you know, knock him off his throne. And Chris has always asked me questions. He, he, he went through a season of asking questions. And recently, because he's so analytical, he has studied the human body like you could not imagine. I mean, he stumps doctors all the time because they start looking for something. He's like, yeah, that's not going to be it. I already know. Because he's read the books. I mean, he's, he's, he's the genius. Um, and he's just, he knows so much about the human body. And I said, so, so what's going on? I, the other day I was talking to him. I said, so what's going on? He said, you know what is amazing about what I see now? And I'm like, what? And, he, and what he said was just, just blew me away. He said, he goes, I, I don't just wonder about God's creative power. I don't just think about it and think, you know, maybe this deal's true or whatever. He goes, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. He says, I have studied so deeply the human body and how it works. He goes, and I haven't scratched the surface. And I've gotten some of the most complex medical books to see, try to figure out what's wrong with me. And he said, this machine, this engineered machine that, that, that we walk around with could never, ever, ever have been something that happened by chance. It was engineered by the creative power that is beyond this world, that is beyond this earth. And he says, and I recognize it now. The bread's been broken for Chris. And he, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he believes. And now it's changing his friends. That's the heart and the attitude that he now brings when he has these conversations with his friends. And they're believing him. They're believing him. He's seen something and God's broken the bread and revealed himself to him in a way that he's like, oh my God, in my brokenness, I see you. I see what you've done. 
and I trust you. You, Only you can fix me. Only you can put me back together. Only you can re-engineer the things that have gone wrong in my body. And I believe that you want to do that. And not only is it changing him, but it's affecting the people around him. Because he's given God the glory for everything in his life. And in that moment, he's, he's being satisfied. He's being full of his Savior. We need to start living life knowing that it's all for God's glory. And then we, 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 we take a part in redeeming art for the kingdom. Sunsets for God instead of something that science is you know, enamored with or philosophy. Stars that are declaring the glory of God. Redeeming food, redeeming drink for the glory of God. God is breaking the bread tonight. He wants you to glorify Him because He knows it's the best thing for you. I ask that question all the time. Why is glorifying God good for me? Why is it? What is it? You know, wouldn't it be better for me to glorify myself? No way. We weren't wired that way. We weren't built that way. We think we were, but we weren't. We were built to glorify God. And in turn, it satisfies our soul instead of being left with emptiness. Riding over a bridge, I'm left full, my heart full, exploding for him, in amazement of him and what he's done for me, what he's bought for me. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, I just, I come before you humbly knowing so little about you. You are so other than us. You are so different than us. You are so holy and set apart. And yet you've chosen to commune with us and be with us and and display your beauty before us. Let us be a part of your story. Let us walk in as a part of your story. God, just begin to reveal yourself to us in the moments in our lives as we wake up in the morning, as we take our breath. Let us think about you. Let us lift you up and glorify you and thank you in the most simple moments of tasting good food, in the most simple moments of experiencing relationships with our kids, with our spouses, with our friends, and thanking you and saying, to God be the glory for this relationship, for this feeling that you've given me. And when those things end, when those things run away, when they, are, when they are so fleeting as the things of this world are, that we are left full because we don't worship the created thing. We worship the creator. We lift up the creator. Just break us tonight. Change our vision. Take it off of this world and let's put it on you, God. Push us in that direction. Push us in that direction, God.
We're going to move into a, a time of, of prayer ministry. And I, I firmly believe tonight that there's people in here tonight that have thought of their walk with God as just buying time until Jesus comes again. And that this life is just going to be a difficult, miserable walk. And there's no doubt in this world you will have trouble. But there's no doubt that He has overcome the world. And that our vision should be different. That we should view things differently. That the, the old word that we have to shun everything, that we can't experience life, that we can't taste life, that we can't be a part of it and give Him the glory is a lie. And we've lived in it. Walked around depressed, mired in depression. I know there's people here tonight that deal with that, and with depression. And God wants to rescue you from that tonight. He wants to give you new vision. He wants to give you something different to look at. It'll be the same thing, but you'll look at it through eyes of the bread being broken and the veil being ripped. And you'll see something that's completely different than what you've seen in your life before now. I'm just going to ask the Spirit to come. You can hold your hands out. It's, there's no magic in holding your hands out. just saying that I want something from you tonight, God. I want you to break the bread for me tonight. I want you to reveal something for me tonight. I want you to open my heart tonight. I want to glorify you with my life. I want something from you tonight that will change everything. And just holding out those hands represents that you're giving into that. Just saying, I want God. And if you don't want prayer, you can move to the back. You can kind of move to the sides. There'll be prayer ministers moving around. I'm just going to I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, just fall on this place right now in the name of Jesus. Just fall with your presence. Begin to break our hearts. Give us new vision. Give us new hearts exploding for you. Full of you, satisfied in you and you alone. We just welcome you, Lord, right now. You just continue what you've begun in the service tonight. <clears throat> I just have a sense as, as Derek was praying that, um, that there are folks here who don't believe that they are the most beautiful part of his creation. So you watched that movie and you saw those beautiful things that you, uh, you have forgotten along the way. That of all the beauty that God's created, you are the most beautiful part of his creation. And um, I just want you to raise your hand if that's you. Everyone else, everyone has their hand, their heads bowed. But uh, you don't believe that you're beautiful to God. You don't believe that you're a beautiful part of his creation. You don't see that in yourself anymore. Our prayer minister could come down here. That'd be great. Just right now. 
and start praying for these folks. That'd be wonderful. Just keep your hands up. Just keep your hands up. If you're on staff at River City Church, you should be down here praying, please. If you're a prayer minister, just raise your hand again. Father, right now, we just pray that as your spirit comes, you would restore and renew our identity in your son, Jesus Christ, that our value comes in the beauty of being made in your image. That each of these people who have their hands raised, Lord, that you would just break the, the lies the enemy has told them and they've believed about their value. Just come, Holy Spirit, right now. Just fill them with the Father's love for them. Just remind them of his love. Just come, Holy Spirit, right now. It's, just raise your hand. Just you can just if you're feeling shy about it and you feel the courage kind of spurred up, just raise your hand, and we'll get a prayer minister to pray for you. Just come, Holy Spirit. We just welcome you to come and bring life, bring hope again where it's been lost. <laughs>